Welcome back to another episode of the Demand Efficiency Podcast with me, your host, Eli Rubel, formerly Elias, but hey, names are hard. This is the show where we unpack and benchmark the methods and tactics used to reduce CAC by the most efficient and fastest growing companies in tech. Frequent listeners will know demand efficiency is a leading indicator and North Star metric for teams focused on reducing CAC. And in each episode, we'll evaluate how the best companies in the industry are driving down their cost to acquire while still achieving remarkable growth. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Today on the Demand Efficiency Podcast, I get to nerd out with my favorite hockey-playing marketer in SaaS, Mark Huber. He is the head of brand and product marketing at Metadata, an amazing company that I'm guessing most of you have already heard of. If you haven't, go check it out. I learned today that that Mark plays at a very, very high level of ice hockey that I'm incredibly impressed by and envious of. Today, we are talking about a specific growth lever within the demand efficiency framework, within middle of funnel. Obviously, there are a lot of programs that can exist to influence the middle of funnel. And the lever that we talk about today is using use case and persona-specific sequences to influence conversion, time to conversion, and brand sentiment. Much like any other growth lever within the demand efficiency framework that's going to help you increase conversions organically in this case, thereby reducing cost to acquire on the whole, there's a crawl, walk, run version of this. And so you'll hear Mark and I talking about that. You can crawl by just getting middle of funnel coverage out in the first place and getting that sequence, that cadence out into the world, getting your team used to producing content on that cadence, figuring out what behavior you want to drive these automated sequences, that's the first challenge, right? Just getting the at-bats, getting into the swing of things. But then that next challenge where the real opportunity lies is in building more sophistication. That's where developing use case and persona-specific sequences really will give you a huge leg up. The first challenge there is really understanding your customer, really understanding even more so than that, what creates pain for them? What gets them fired? What metrics are they staring down and reporting up on this quarter? What gets them promoted? Really? And you'll hear Mark. I loved Mark had this saying, he's like understanding their hell. What is their hell? It's a great way to essentially in a nutshell, say deeply understanding the pain and pleasure state of your buyer and then creating valuable interactions and touch points during that middle of funnel journey that will help them avoid pain. So as I said, it's really this crawl, walk, run. Crawl is just getting the at-bats with your team, developing some evergreen sequences so that your middle of funnel is covered. But then step two is developing that deep understanding of your customer, their use cases, the personas, what gets them hired, what gets them fired, what gets them promoted, and writing content that will help move them up in their careers while educating them and bringing them along for the journey as it pertains to your product, which will then ultimately increase conversion rates, decrease your cost to acquire. Bing, bang, boom, you're off to the races. 
Beyond that, when we're thinking about what's that final frontier, what's that next step if we've covered crawl and we've covered walk, what is run? Run is really about the timing of things, right? If crawl was deep understanding and alignment of messaging to the customer, then run is when do we get these messages in front of them? When is the right time? And building in sophistication, a lot of the time, a partnership with product to make sure that you're surfacing these moments. Again, product would be if you're a product-led growth company, if you are a more enterprise, mid-market sale, where middle of funnel, they're, they're not touching product perhaps, then it's really understanding through insights and tracking how they're behaving and interacting with your brand to surface the right messages, the right information, the right education, and the right just touch points in general at the right time. So to summarize, crawl is just getting those at-bats with your team, getting middle of funnel coverage set up. Walk is developing that sophisticated understanding of the pain and pleasure state of your buyers and developing use case and persona specific sequences like Mark talks about and has successfully implemented at Metadata. And then run is really the sophistication around the timing and delivery of those sequences. With that, let's get into the episode with Mark. All right, Mark, I am excited to dive in. So you scored very highly in the MOFU section of the demand efficiency framework, middle of funnel. And I would love to focus on one of those specific levers that you guys did really well on, which was use case and persona-specific sequences. Maybe define for us what you mean by use case and persona sequences. Yep, so I'll answer that first by what uh, sequence is not in my eyes, which is the generic, spammy, SDR, automated sequence that you know, you're getting multiple emails, sometimes in the same day, oftentimes many in the same week. That is not what we are doing here at Metadata. So what we are trying to do, and, and we're still in the early stages too, which is why I was encouraged by the score, is figure out how can we use email to take people from you know, being aware of metadata or having downloaded a particular piece of content or attended an event and actually leading with value to the point where they're ready to buy metadata. We're not trying to pitch metadata. We're not trying to get them to book a meeting, but we're playing the long game with these sequences. And we've stood up, I think, three different kinds of sequences that we can talk about here. Let's talk through the process of going from generic sequences that most folks start off with. They're like, hey, we need some sort of middle of funnel nurture coverage. So it's it's usually generic messaging. And then you have that moment of, okay, we have bandwidth finally. Let's let's create our persona and use case specific sequences. And then putting those out in the wild, take us through the process at metadata. What was that like? Yeah. So I want to say this kind of started almost a year ago. And it was really a mandate from Gil, our CEO, saying you need to start doing email. And I was like, all right, well, yeah, I want to do email, but I need a little bit more detail than that. So I worked with him a little bit to figure out like, all right, what exactly do you want? And he didn't really have much detail there, but what I was trying to do was put some guardrails in place to start with. And what we started to do was our big annual event demand. We were trying to just keep some of the momentum going, and we started with a weekly email that was promoting one of the sessions and repurposing what we had already had. And 
what we realized was, you know, hey, this is a good start. Like most B2B marketers who are standing up a, a nurture program or, or some sort of sequence program. But there's got to be something more. So what I did was I started to talk to, we really have two primary personas at the end of the day, and they vary on the importance depending on the size of the company. So we think of them as like marketing leaders, typically VPs of marketing, you know, maybe a, a director or senior director of demand gen at a larger company, and then marketing doers. And the, the doers are the people who are in the weeds every single day using metadata, bashing their head when they're trying to run campaigns natively. Like, and they have different, you know, day-to-days. Like their hells look different. Like you can't use the same messaging for both of those people because they care about different things and they're going to be, you know, looking for different content to address those things. So the light bulb moment for me was after I started to do customer interviews, this novel concept that I think a lot of people (laughs) talk about and don't actually execute on. And it was like, these are just two very different people. Today's episode is brought to you by No Boring Design. Wow, what a name. No, we know this team well. We've brought them in to help with a number of engagements when design becomes a bottleneck for shipping campaigns quickly. Uh, Also when design is boring, right? A lot of B2B status quo becomes boring and it doesn't have to be. So we bring this team in, they level up the quality design and they remove design as a bottleneck to ship campaigns, content, product marketing assets, you name it. If it needs a design and you're hung up on it, this team can help. Um, somehow they managed to do this. I think their price point starting out as 2,500 a month, uh, obviously goes up from there, but what a great resource. We've seen them firsthand do great work with Dropbox, Yelp, a number of our big clients they've been a part of. So check them out. Noboringdesign.com. Noboringdesign.com. I love this statement. It's so simple, but so like most people don't get there is their hells are very different. You know, right? Like we're we're marketing to people at the end of the day and understanding like I, I describe it as like what gets them promoted or what gets them fired and like really tapping into those polarities. But I love the you know, their hells are different. Yeah. And I I completely wing that. So that was not prepared. But I think to add a little bit more color to it, like think about it. Like, you know, with whatever's going on in the outside world right now, the marketing leaders are on the hook and and under the gun for, you know, hitting the number. And Yes, a marketing doer has a a big role in helping to hit the number, but they're looking at much different things on a more tactical basis than, you know, where am I at this quarter, you know, to goal, how are we pacing, what's my CAC, like all this stuff that, you know, a digital marketing manager or a campaign manager, like that's not what they're, you know, being paid to, to worry about. Walk me through what that transition to the CEO mandate, let's do more email to okay let's let's do sophisticated email how have those results changed in market and like how th- how has that impacted your funnel so we still do the the weekly demand gen you emails which is our podcast and i'm trying to summarize it in a way where people can you know take something of value and preferably a template away from those emails whether or not they actually listen to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever they may listen to, but we're really not segmenting anything there. So 
what we did was by way of our event and then the demand community that we launched, we started to add more segmentation with these two different tracks, if you will. So for the demand event uh, that we had last year in our second year, there were about, I think, five different tracks, more for like different practical areas. And then uh, there were two that were more for marketing leaders and marketing doers. So from there, we started to segment a little bit further and actually write emails that VP of marketing would get excited about to see in their inbox, in addition to the the tactical people who are in the weeds every single day. So we didn't really start to segment, if we're being honest, until probably like a year after we started doing email. Fair enough. I mean, there's in the beginning, there's so much low-hanging fruit just getting that muscle memory built up of getting into that regular cadence, you know? And I think that's the the most difficult part for me. I'll, I'll speak for myself. We've got a small marketing team or six people. There's this desire almost right out of the gate to segment perfectly and over a segment and, you know, nail all of these different audiences, if you will. And for me, it's kind of like going to the gym. Like you just got to build the muscle first. And like, once you get into a routine, the segmentation becomes way easier down the line because you've already been writing emails and writing good emails for a long time now. So last question here, just keeping it really tactical. Like now that you've been through this journey and obviously there's always room to grow, but what's one piece of your nurture program, the specific lever we're talking about around use case and persona specific sophistication. What's one piece you're looking forward to going even deeper on, like making it that much more sophisticated? And what's one lesson that you'd love to, like learning that you'd love to give yourself if you could rewind about a year? So for the first question, we've recently started to roll out playbooks by way of what you can do using metadata. And we are, like many people right now, trying to launch a playbook motion. And I think if you look at some of our direct competitors, you know, I think their playbooks are pretty fluffy, but we want to get really, really tactical uh, with these playbooks. So we have the playbooks right now. And what we're just starting to do is promote those playbooks by way of email and then having like masterclasses that you can attend in our community. So we're really, really excited about that. I think we have a good starting point, but like we are just scratching the surface. And I think for us, we want to get our own customers out there at the end of the day, presenting their own work. Like you'll see customers' faces in the playbook. Like this isn't about us, it's about them. And I think by way of doing that, like you're just having your customers market metadata for you. So very, very excited about that. And then I think the the second question, and it's interesting because, you know, there's been this push to quantify marketing activities for, I don't know, God knows how long, probably like 10 plus years at this point, if not longer. And I think for me, I was really interested in the data at first. So all the typical email metrics that I don't need to you know, lecture you on that you all know about, but it was like, how is this trending? What's working? What's not working? And while that stuff is important, it's not the only thing that I would look at if I were to stand this up in hindsight. I'm really big on qualitative feedback and perfect example, like the number of email replies that you're getting, the type of feedback that you're getting to these emails. Like I just sent an email yesterday that linked out to a a template that we have with our demand model. So how do you set demand and revenue targets and how do you plan for them each quarter? And someone replied within 30 minutes of getting the email. It said, you just saved me for my entire 2023, you know, demand planning cycle. (laughs) It's like, 
getting those things, like you can't quantify that, but as they start to appear and as they show up more and more frequently, like that's how we know that we're on the right track. And then also it's a great way to share it with your CEO and be like, Hey, look at what you're doing. And like, here's legitimate feedback from our ICP at the end of the day. Totally. It's, it, it takes like that extra effort to digest that feedback and, and internalize and, and report on it. But it's almost the equivalent of like, like a CSAT score for email. Right, you're obviously never going to say like, that. How is the like on a scale of one to ten? How much value did he get out of this email? But like their response is essentially that. Well, think about it. I mean, there's a lot of bad email out there today. There's also a lot of good email. How good does that email have to be for you to actually reply to it and give feedback? Like I open emails all the time. I'm not going to single people out, but like good emails, I never reply back, and it's still a really strong email. So if you're willing to take an extra thirty seconds to to thank you for the template or, you know, Hey, I found this topic really helpful. Like there's something there. Middle of funnel, much like the rest of the demand efficiency framework is one of those spaces that oftentimes is set up in that kind of initial crawl state and then ignored for a really long period of time. But it's a space where you can dramatically reduce your cost to acquire dramatically increase your demand efficiency and it is really one of those spaces where it's just about showing up, doing the work, paying attention to the learnings, and doubling down again and again. So hopefully some of the nuggets in that conversation were actionable and spark some inspiration to go look at your middle of funnel programs, specifically how you can leverage use case and persona specific sequences to reduce your cost to acquire make your board of directors, your executive team super duper happy and drive some excellent growth. The last piece of this we talk about always is the the selling motion and how that would impact the strategies and tactics that Mark and I discussed today. So, you know, if you are a product-led company versus a sales-led company, what would need to change or what could change? In this case, I think it's more of an opportunity to level things up for product-led companies because of the amount of data that they'll have at their disposal about a user or a cohort of users who are already engaging with the product when they're technically in the middle of your funnel. As opposed to sales-led, you're flying a little bit more blind, right? Of course, there's still data, there's still inputs that you can work with, but it's not going to be as personalized as here are the ways that we've seen you and your team leveraging our product and getting value out of our product such that you can actually have those use case and persona specific sequences customized with data from their trial usage or from their, you know, if it's a tier to tier upsell or whatever it is, middle funnel could mean different things for different companies depending on how they structure their, their pricing and their trials. However, again, on, on the sales led, you're going to have a little bit less data or a lot of, a lot of less data, depending on how you have set up your infrastructure to customize. And you're going to really rely on, again, that core understanding of the persona and of their use cases and making sure that you've correctly mapped, knowing who this customer is, what their use case is and the, and their persona to the type of content that they're being served during this middle of funnel game. So that's it. We're wrapping up the episode. Hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you for the next one. As always, if you'd like to see how today's guest scored on the demand efficiency benchmark, you can head to mattermade.co forward slash demand efficiency. 
Again, that's mattermade.co forward slash demand efficiency, where you'll be able to see all of the guests who have participated in the demand efficiency benchmark survey segmented by selling motion, industry, fundraising amount, you name it, you can slice and dice, and you can even take the survey for yourself and see how your demand programs stack up when it comes to demand efficiency. We'll see you next time.